I too want to say good morning and I greet each of you in Jesus' name and it's been good to be here so far this morning already. Um, this morning for my message, if I was going to entitle it, I believe I would entitle it something like Sold Out. And uh, I know it's maybe not a new, new theory or a new thought or a new whatever you want to call it, but each one of us all have the opportunity how do you say it? We are in charge of our own life. And if you're not sold out to Jesus Christ, it's not my fault, even if I'm up here talking this morning. Um, it, you each have to make that choice and that decision yourself. And so, uh, yeah, sold out. Coming out of Mark chapter 10, I'm going to be reading a few verses there to start with. Um, it's kind of jumping right in the middle of uh, some things that were happening, Jesus was doing. Uh, he was talking about little children and ends up with the greatest, who's the greatest or who wants to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. But I'm going to pick it up in verse 17 of Mark chapter 10. And I'm going to read uh, to, the, to verse 22. And it's talking about a young man that come to Jesus. And I could picture myself being just like him. Uh, any one of us, I believe, could fit this, this person. It's not some, somebody that's way off and any different. I mean, he's, he could be any one of us. So think about, keep that in mind as we read this. Could this be you in your life today? Chapter 10, verse 17. And when he was going forth in the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I observe from my youth. Then Jesus beholding him loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, and sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. We look at this man being a very moral and a just man. He never, never did anything wrong, probably much like all of us seated here today. I don't think we got any murderers here. We don't have any people that have committed the big ones, if you can call it that, yet he lacks something. I'd like to go back um, and, and kind of have not necessarily points, but just some, just some thoughts that I want to think about here. The first thing that I want to see when Jesus spoke to him, he had a thought. It says Jesus loved him. If you truly love somebody... Can you be brutally honest with them? Yes, okay. So I look around in a church of this setting. We all love each other, right? Are you brutally honest with each other? This is just a side note. Can you be honest with each other? Can you go up to somebody and say, Hey, I noticed you were doing this. It concerns me. I'm concerned for you because I love you. Can we do that in a church even of this size? And I can say, you know, we're a nice, small, tight church. But do we have the freedom? But it says Jesus loved him. 
He had a sincere desire for him to have a better life than what he had. He, wanted, he, he knew that the things of this world would not bring him eternal life. And it left him feeling very empty. Sometimes it feels like all you have to do is go to a funeral to get eternal life. You just got to die. And it comes. It all just shows up. Folks, that's not quite the way it is. To, to get eternal life, we have to follow the commandments. We have to know the commandments. And I find this really interesting in this situation. Where did Jesus start asking him the commandments? He skipped the first how many and started right in the middle. Why did he do that? I find it very interesting. He skipped the first set. Let's look at the commandments. Let's just turn to Exodus real quick. Exodus chapter 20. I'm just going to read the first section of that, the commandments, and then we'll see where he actually started at. Um, Exodus 20, verse 1. Then God spake all these words. I am the Lord your God who has brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me or besides me. You shall not make yourself any graven image to worship it or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do not, in, do not any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gate. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and the sea and all that is it them, them is, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The next one is where Jesus started. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear fault witness against thy neighbor. And thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ox, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Why did Jesus start at the end of the commandments? When he knew good and well, he followed those. I believe even today there's a lot of good moral people in the world sometimes so good and so moral that they think they don't really need God. Like this young man, he lacked God as the center of his life. His riches were the center of his life. You know, in order for us to have eternal life, we must also deny ourselves whatever it is that is standing in the way of our full fellowship with God. The first commandment says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What can it be? I mean, for this young man, it was money. 
And a lot of things do boil down to money. I was just thinking about it, and I tried to list a few things out. Our job could have our ultimate loyalty. It is kind of strange, you know, we spend, I spend, many hours working, and I rush and rush to get to church on time Sunday morning, and then I leave a couple hours later, and then I go back to relaxing because it's the Sabbath day, and then Monday, back to work. How easy it is to mess up our schedule of what is important. Why do we work? I don't know why you work. I mean, I think honestly, I've got to say this carefully, but if I quit working today, between the, the livestock running around on the farm and the cellar, and I could probably almost live most of my life. I may have to change what I eat a little bit and may have to get rid of some things that cost money, but none of us have an excuse to say, well, I have to. Because he also lists in here family. And that's maybe some of us men's problems. Well, we have to provide for our family. Well, we do. But what does provide for our family really mean? And I'm not saying that you have to scrunch by everything and cheapen everything off. But at what point is enough enough? And I'm talking to myself. To free up time to do things of God. Or just focus on things other than myself. So though we may look at this young man and say, I don't got that problem with money. Is that really true? Money is also time. It can take our time. He mentioned, or I mentioned a job, the things we want in our family. There's many things that you could put in there that you may have to deny yourself so that you have no other gods before you. So you can true serve the one and true God. I'd like to go back to uh, Mark just a little bit here. Mark 20, the chapter, uh, same chapter, verse 27. It says, And Jesus looking upon them, saying, With men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. We have to come to the realization that there's nothing we can do to save ourselves. The disciples were having real questions because, you know, Jesus had just said that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. Well, we go, that's, oh, it's impossible. He took one of the largest animals in their era and time and one of the smallest things he could think of, the eye of a needle, to make a point. I believe that each and every one of us out here today, if we are trying to live our life on our own. We're trying to save ourselves by just being good moral people. We can't do it. It's impossible. It requires God to help us. We are born with a sinful nature. And we need God to help us overcome that. Or we will follow the gods of something. Whether it be money. Whether it be power. Whether it be you name it. Only you can answer that. But don't ever forget, with God, all things are possible. 
I got a side note here, one of those that I'll throw in just for free. I was working at a place one time, and uh, I, I made a comment, and I'm going to say the comment here this morning. I don't usually talk about this, but sim- since it come up, the word come up in our scripture today, I'm going to say it. In act of a surprise, I said something to a guy. I said, oh my goodness. And he stopped me and he said, who's good? And I said, well, God is, of course. In our chapter today, it talks about, Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only God is good. And then I'd like up to back up to that commandment that says about taking the name of a God in vain. I actually, just yesterday again, I actually Googled it. What does goodness mean? And in the definition listed at the bottom was a terminology for God. And I'm as guilty as anybody. I use words that I wouldn't have to. But I guess... After that person pointed it out to me and I finally got over it, I have endeavored and and worked. Think of a different word. I I don't know if you ever, I say, oh, wow, that's a new word. Unless somebody can tell me you shouldn't say that word, I'll I'll move on. But, uh, you know, why do we talk the way we do? It says here that no, and I even read it, it says nobody will be guiltless. And I don't, I don't, I'm not going to have to go and explain all the other ones. There's a lot of bywords that we all use. And if you look them up in the dictionary, a lot of them refer to God. A lot of G words. That many Christians, I would say, use today. And I'm not here to put judgment down on anybody. I'm just saying, this is what the Bible said. And this is what it means. I'm... I, I have to work on it just as good, just as much as anybody else. I don't have it all mastered. But anyways, moving on. So in conclusion to this chapter this morning, are you completely sold out? Is there anything that you are allowing to come between you and God? It could be some of the latter commandments. But I think in the day and age we grow up, I think most of us can can say, no, I haven't killed anybody. No, I haven't cheated and stolen. I haven't done them big ones. But I think sometimes as as he didn't do with this young man, I think we need to do with ourselves. Start at the beginning. Have I truly loved God with all my heart? Do I have anything that I would hold higher than God? Do I own anything that takes more of my time and my affection than God does? And I guess this is maybe sad, but if you're a man, carefully ask your wife. And if you're a wife, be honest, but not too brutal. And if you're a wife, ask your husband. And again, husbands... Be careful. Jesus never beat this man down. He never condemned him. But he did make him stop and think. And that's all I'm trying to do this morning, in this short time. Just to think, are you completely sold out? I know I can do better. 
there's a lot of areas that I can work on. And by the grace of God and his power, I'm trying and I'm going to. Because with God, all things are possible. But I'm going to list off, to wrap this all up, them last commandments. And maybe they got a little bit of a different twist on them. But just again, think about it. Don't commit adultery with your eyes. Don't kill with your words. Do not gossip with your friends. Do not steal with your time from people in need and from God. And do you honor that aged person? They're, they're not your parents. We're required to honor age. I hope this morning you've just been challenged to look at your life as I have been and realize, am I completely sold out or do I have work to do? God bless you all. <clears throat>